How many fingers am I holding up? Three equals five. 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 Well, I mean, you can look at uh, or more immediate, depending Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and and actually and other events as well where we've had exposure and how long it actually takes the different, you know, alpha, beta, gamma, um, right. the fallout stuff and washing away and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and even test subjects, right? So like, uh, I saw a video, uh, a little while ago about, uh, English sailors being on a boat and like, and then talking about like turning their backs to the explosion and being able to see through their hands, Oof. uh, as the stuff went out, you know, and they're all dying of cancer like 60 years later, and it's just fucking, it's wild shit. I thought it would be sooner than that. Um, yeah, 60 years later, they were that, in their 20s, so. Yeah. Right. Well, and maybe not, not 60, Probably like, like 30, 15 years later, 30, 30 40 five, years later. Well, five th- this was later. like the survivors. These were the guys that were still around, because yes, most of them had already died. Yeah. And even the guys that were there were had like pretty significant medical complications. You're talking about the test stuff in particular out in the Pacific where yes. the Navy had ships galore out there and like they were just watching and it. all that. Yeah. In the Marshall Islands where they were dropping all that shit. As well as in uh, the desert Southwest where, you know, they were launching tactical nukes <clears throat> and yeah. you had the guys standing around going, huh, that's pretty. <laughs> Yeah, they're just getting yeah the typical the guys with their like uh, motorcycle goggles shades on yeah. and just like staring at, through a trench with binoculars like oh look at that hmm yeah, it's my eyeballs melting well hmm you know it's good stuff and then their families were relocated there too did you did you know that as well no yeah so when all that um after World War II all that testing was going on they had like a military base out there and the families were just like getting radiation fallout all the fucking time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh Japanese man I'm butchering this Sutomo Yamaguchi lived through the bombings of both Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That's an unlucky motherfucker. <laughs> and died at the age of 93. And was still all his. Why aren't we studying number of why are why aren't we studying his genes? And um, that would be an MRA uh, mRNA treatment. I would be willing to get. <laughs> what? No, I, I'm I'm with you. Like I want to be with, radioactive proof. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't know what kind of complications he lived with. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. He lived. True. It's better than the alternative. Ah, Depends on quality of life, in my opinion. I was going to say we don't. Well, okay, we don't know, that's what I'm. If he's at. in an iron lung and he hasn't right. moved for like seventy years, we or don't whatever. know his quality of life or what he dealt with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Man, uh, well, he was pretty damn close. Apparently, it says um, just Tokyo Weekender. The thirteen uh, kiloton uranium atomic bomb known as Little Boy destroyed much of Hiroshima, just three kilometers. From the center epicenter of the blast, oh, Yamaguchi like, was violently pushed back. Oh, <laughs> before taking cover in a ditch. He looks like one of those guys. That, like that's got to be a shadow burning proximity, right? Uh, I yeah. guess three kilometers yeah. is almost nothing. One point nine miles. That's fucking bananas. From the epicenter, no yes. thanks. And he was in two yes. nuclear blasts. <laughs> Well, by the second one, he's like, so, oh, I'm used to this shit. I got this now. I, I know what I'm doing. Some 
yeah. Some 260,000 people survived Nuclear the atomic bomb Jesus. attacks. That's insane. On Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II. And then it's, uh, I'm searching him. So I've got a Japanese engineer, uh, whatever his name is, Yamaguchi. God, yeah, God was on his three. side. Holy shit. He endured the horror of both blasts and lived to tell the tale. That's, uh, that's insane. Yeah, apparently. So I'm wondering if like, this why did he get two? Is what I'm trying nuclear, to figure out. This whole nuclear. Uh, <laughs> well, the first one hit uh, Nagasaki, right? I thought it was Hiroshima. Hiroshima and then Nagasaki. And Nagasaki was the second. Yeah, hanging out, hanging out in Hiroshima and like Hiroshima, Hiroshima. Fuck this shit! I'm going to Nagasaki, and then gets hit again. Maybe he just, maybe he was like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of over it. Oh, here we go. Reading from History.com, which is suspect, but around eight fifteen that morning. So he's right. He is actually in, he was preparing to leave Hiroshima when the bomb fell. He was a little late, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Around 8.15 that morning, again from history.com, Yamaguchi was walking to Mitsubishi's shipyard a final time, almost, when he heard the drone of an aircraft overhead. Looking skyward, he saw an American B-29 bomber soar over the city and drop a small object connected to a parachute. Suddenly, the sky erupted in a blaze of light, which Yamaguchi later described as resembling the lightning, lightning of a huge magnesium flare. I've never seen a magnesium flare, I don't think. Is that what they used to drop over them? Yeah. Okay. Um, th- those would be like the, the parachute. Uh, okay. Well, then I've seen yeah, yeah, hundreds yeah, yeah. and hundreds of them then. Okay. He had just... Yeah, the illuminate, the loom flares. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. he had just enough time to dive into a ditch before an ear-splitting boom rang out. The shockwave that accompanied it sucked Yamaguchi from the ground, spun him in the air like a tornado, and sent him hurtling into a nearby potato patch. He had been less what? than two miles from ground zero. How does that not scramble your fucking insides? Like, when we talk about, like, blasts and, like, how people die from, from large explosions, right? Everybody thinks that it's, like, oh, you know, it's fire, it's whatever. That's not the real killer. It's the concussion. It's the shockwave. That scrambles your fucking insides. I would you say that dead the, without the knowing fact, it. The fact that he got into a ditch. Um, so I, I've been relatively close to large explosions. Um, makes me want to poop myself. Yeah, literally. Like you're right. like, oh, I got a shit. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying I was scared or anything, but you know, you no. feel like you got a shit when you hit have that much of a concussive force on you. Right. Um, I think this one, he was below that initial shockwave, but it sucked him out of his, of his hidey hole. So that would be kind of the inverse. That wouldn't really scramble you. That would just be like the negative pressure. Yeah. But that's, I still, well, that, I, I get I, what you're saying, yeah. but like that pressure differential is fucking crazy. Yeah. Literally sucking you off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently <laughs> he was a bit shaken or whatever. I would, I would think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit shaken. Uh, that's you know, you that's know, probably... Uh, maybe an understatement. Top, yeah, top um, ten of understatements ever. <laughs> I, survived a, I survived a nuclear bomb, and I was a little shaken. Uh, yeah, yeah. God. So he, despite being on the verge of collapse, Yamaguchi dragged himself out of the bed on the morning of August 9th and reported for work at Mitsubishi's Nagasaki office. <laughs> is this after the bombing? <laughs> yeah. Got to get over there and get on Amen. getting it. 
It's about that work ethic right there. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Holy shit. So he would apparently his um this is on August 9th, and his uh the company director demanded a full report on uh, uh Hiroshima. So he's at mm-hmm. uh, Nagasaki now. Uh, the engineer recounted the scattered events of August 6th, the blinding light, the deafening boom, but his superior accused him of being mad. How could a single bomb destroy an entire city? Yamaguchi was trying to explain himself when the landscape outside suddenly exploded with another iridescent white flash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is horrible, but the, <clears throat> can the you just imagine what went through his brain other than a lot of radiation? He's thinking, huh, <laughs> here we go again. Yamaguchi dropped to the ground just seconds before the shockwave shattered the office windows and oh sent broken God. glass and debris careening through the room. Mm-hmm. I thought the mushroom cloud had followed me from Hiroshima, he later told the newspaper. Holy moly. So he's ex- literally explaining this. And yes. his boss is like, that's not true. And it's like, well, just look at that shit. It's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it happened again. <laughs> fuck. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he was visiting uh, his family or something like that, and know. then he went back to work. And <laughs> yeah. So he was visiting when he was in Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. Did they drop pamphlets? Uh, no, I think there was a considerable – I don't know if they did or not, but there did. was considerable um, discussion in the administration on what they should or shouldn't do. Like, should they just warn them? And I think there was some communications. That'd be interesting to find out. But would you, I mean, you say you have a single bomb that can destroy. Is the enemy going to believe that? I think what they were going to actually do was a demonstration to say, look, if you don't bend the knee. Well, the first one worked so well, clearly they wanted to go for round two. But part of the problem was they didn't have enough uh, fissile material to make, but two, from what I understand. Right. So they were like, okay. Fat Man and... um, Little Boy. Little Boy. Yeah. 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 So they said uh, slightly different design. So I may have this incorrect, but I'm pretty sure they want... Somebody said, let's do a demonstration. Let's explain to them, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, uh, they're not going to believe it. And Mm -hmm. we don't have that much material to begin with. We need to just, you know, go for broke. They did drop leaflets. They did. Okay. Yeah. For several months, the U.S. had warned uh, civilians of potential air raids by dropping more than sixty-three million leaflets across Japan. Okay. Uh, and at this, and at this point, um, what did they say? Big uh, bomb coming. Yeah. yeah. Evacuate now. Well, blah and he, blah blah. And here's the uh, other thing. Like, yeah. uh, you know, they warned of air raids. It's not like, hey, we're going to drop the hand of God on you. No, yeah. but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But at the okay, so looking at it from the uh, expectations of the day, that was an air raid. There was yes. no distinction. Yes. We were dropping right. bombs. We were dropping bombs. This bomb is bigger than the other bombs, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. But there were all – there was no consideration for, like, nuclear well, versus any other munitions. Yes. And, like, we still had a pretty significant bombing campaign over Japan. I mean, it, you know, there were other targets that, you know, that were as much as, like, 97% destroyed. This gets you know? even better. Yamaguchi wasn't the only person to endure two atomic blasts. His co-workers, Akira uh, Awanga, I'm messing that up, and uh, Kuniyoshi Sato were also in Nagasaki when the second bomb fell, as was Morimoto, a kite maker who had miraculously survived Hiroshima despite being only a half mile from ground zero. All told, some 165 people may have experienced both attacks. Holy moly. Well, apparently, uh, nuclear war is not that big a deal. That's what we're learning here. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so at least in now, 1945. Now that that's been said, you have to look at the insane increase in yield. Oh yeah, for yeah. these ICBMs. This is not. Yeah. This is yeah. not what you would consider a mushroom cloud over a city. Right. It would be a mushroom cloud over. Multiple counties, right? But the yeah. uh, the deal simultaneously, everybody gets scared of the radiation, yeah. and for good reason, you know, horrifying effects. But look at the firebombing, particularly uh, of Tokyo yeah. and uh, yep. uh, Europe. I mean, there's some famous examples, and it was long Dresden and yeah, 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 yeah. Long argued that that was uh, a war crime, but of course, the Allies weren't going to be you know punished for war crimes because yeah. the Allies won the war. But in large part, it was found that uh, that type of bombing, at least from what I re- remember reading reports on this, was far more effective than actually bombing a lot of the munitions plants and other places. Yes. Because you were killing the workers they, they and all their families, and the psychological impact was t- total war. Total war. There's only one way to wage war. I'm just I'm, I'm going to say it because I believe in it. And – Yes, Wait, you, know, you humani- believe in total war, humanitarian stuff. Like, no, if, <laughs> did the what smile happened? on his face when what he said yes, last night? If, yes, if you total were, war. Look, 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 I I think that there are more than more than enough times where we need to look at something uh, from a diplomatic standpoint. But if it gets to the point where we're going to war, you need to wage war. Not this twenty years of fucking around. In a place. No, you need right. to go in and you need to fucking burn it to the goddamn ground and then start over. It, it, otherwise, it's more of, um, well, as Korea was termed, I believe, by the UN, a police action or yes. a policing action. Yeah. It's not really. Our, our whole thing is like, well, we're going to go in here and we're going to occupy this place for 20 years. We're going to kill thousands of mm. America's mm. sons and daughters and then not achieve anything. Like, if you're going to war, go oh, to war. there was definitely things that were achieved. Um, it just wasn't for the American um, right. population. Yeah. Which is more sure. profitable for certain interests? A 20-year-long war? Yeah. Or oh, yeah, an the, 18-month war? The military-industrial complexes, you know, I'm sure was very, very happy about how things have turned out. Yeah, exactly. In, in GWAT, so. Exactly. Yeah, I... I so, and I would almost say that it is... Um, unfair to categorize a lot of the actions that have taken place uh i would say past korea right um that have been truly a war interest because i don't think that america has been threatened necessarily except for the cold war with russia but even then it's a lot of ambiguity right so we we go from the cold war like you know we're fighting the communist existential yeah to to, to fight the existential threat of uh, threat of terrorism and that can be you know fucking anything exactly we like parents at a student teacher meeting that the FBI starts investigating right as domestic terrorists it cool. just depends on who's in power it's creepy stuff yeah yeah that's i mean it's yeah perpetual war yeah if we can't fight anybody else right now let's start fighting each other that's basically how i'm seeing it right now yeah well, maybe that's too uh yeah we need a- spicy but well, we need an enemy to coalesce uh, for survival, to coalesce around to fight against for survival, That's and an we don't have that common enemy framework. So, well, I mean, we we live with Russia and China. I mean, and nobody considers them a threat. Yeah. No average American <laughs> no. considers them remotely a okay. threat. Average American, yeah. 
Like I, because I, I think the government may have a different standpoint. At, at my age, I grew up just with the understanding that we may have a full-on nuclear war any given day. Uh, do you? Did you? Um, I'm actually curious. So I want to duck and cover. This. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you yeah. got you got underneath yeah. the desks and, and everything. Uh, and... I don't see them anymore, but there used to be fallout shelter signs on all uh-huh. the libraries and the gyms and everything yes. else. That's uh, still a big thing in New York. Like, I well, but even we, because we had a lot of these conversations. Because, like, all my high school teachers, or like my older high school teachers, were that generation. Yeah. Um, and so now I was at the tail end of it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And you know, thankfully, the wall fell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, two, being around here, definitely a primary target. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember just, you know, having conversations with, um, you know, friends my age as a, like, middle schooler. And yeah. they up in the high school and then uh, you later on. The, when the bomb drops? Yeah. Are you are you going to try to live it out? Or some, I mean, right. particularly listening to adults talk, or am I just going to go look at the bright light and get it over with? Or am I going to try to whatever? And then lots of discussions about, you know, your your duty to society and others, are you going to be more of a burden if you're sitting around halfway blown up and other people have to take care of you? Right. Or are you going to be the one that's going to push on to help the others? That's wild. Yeah. I mean, but it was just so ever present as a a background. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, nobody now in, again, I guess I'm the break point in sort of the, the years of going through there, Mm -hmm. but Nobody now thinks that uh, Russia or China is going to full-on payload launch against us that I, right. I can imagine. Yeah. And I, I would say, because, like, I know guys, like, in the military and, like, you know, my father-in-law was at a unit in Germany who was basically the the nuclear deterrent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or basically, you're the first to die. Yeah, the... the uh, Soviet armor was going to wash all over from Eastern Europe into yeah. the West. It was a uh, a holding, uh, right. uh, staging type that's, of... That's the way he explained it. He's like, yeah, we're the first uh, speed bump. Uh, <laughs> local local armor unit here, they had... Um, uh, there was uh, one of the guys that uh, worked with my dad, and uh, this was a guard duty that, that he was in. And he had been active duty and then transitioned out into to guard. And I think he said that the survivability for the average survivability for, it was an M60 at that time, uh, if in Eastern Europe theater, mm-hmm. I swear, I think it was like six minutes. Yeah. They yeah. just assumed that they were going to be totally decimated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just you might have out. five to 10% of strength left within mm-hmm. so much. And, uh, the, you know, all the different scenarios. It was that, about buying time. It wasn't never. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's also second ID land in uh, South Korea. I Yeah, I want to touch on that because I've, I've known guys that were over there on camps and like in talking about it is like, yeah, no, like when we go to these briefings, like we're absolutely going to die. Like if something kicks off, you yeah. know, we're the first ones getting wiped out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, there's already designated targets like Seoul, the capital of South Korea. Yeah. That's. That's going to be the first thing to go. Um, and everything is already kind of pre-engineered uh, by the North Koreans. Like, they even have, like, missile silos that go into the side of mountains and these big doors that open up. It's crazy shit. Yeah. And uh, they are aimed at the most densely populated That's area. The, the 
Blue House, isn't that what that's called? The presidential yeah. house in South Korea, yeah, the Blue yeah, House. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all of that, I, I mean, they're just going to be gone. And the South Korea knows that they've been they've been pushing resources further and further south, um, yeah. in 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 trying to deter that kind of scenario. Um, but yeah, as far as the nuclear uh, emergency response, I guess national emergency response, hmm. can't find anything on it. I've been kind of tippy typing away. Oh, also there's, the because uh, there's not much on it. I, I I think it's a valid point to say that you know the the existential <clears throat> nuclear threat isn't really cognizant with the American people anymore. Because well, we, you, we, you said it was with the government, right? Um, but I would be wondering uh, why they wouldn't still push these kinds <clears throat> of preparedness things, like we have with floods, like we have with uh, hurricanes and well, everything the, else. Okay, so I remember growing up. Uh, fairly regularly, we would hear alerts from the emergency alert system. Mm-hmm. This is a test of the emergency alert system. This is only a test, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I haven't heard anything like that in t- t- 20 plus years, maybe? So they did pass something, and this goes back to like property rights and usage and everything, but uh, our cell phones now are connected to the national emergency response. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so now they can just directly reach out and you know get a hold of your phone and make it do a whole bunch of loud noises for amber alerts and, you know, tornadoes. And wasn't I, I think, it, um, uh, Hawaii that got the alert, the whole yes, state, like, yes, uh, you've got five minutes, um, nuclear, nuclear, inbound. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, when was that was how many years ago? Uh, three, four years ago. Uh, yeah, I guess something like that. Yeah. Um, the whole place freaked out. Yeah. And somebody, I think the explanation, and you're going to look it up, but I think the explanation was somebody just pressed the wrong button. I think that's right. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah. Oh, wrong button. I, I meant to do hurricane. Yeah. 2018 Hawaii false missile alert. Yes. Uh, on the morning. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a Wikipedia uh, article. So, you know, validity and accuracy are suspect at best. On the morning of Saturday, January 13, 2018, a ballistic missile alert was accidentally issued by the emergency alert system and wireless emergency alert system over television, radio, and cell phones in the state of U.S. state of Hawaii. Oops. The alert stated that there was an incoming ballistic missile threat to Hawaii, advised residents to seek shelter, and concluded, this is not a drill. The message was sent at 8.07 a.m. local time. Civil defense outdoor warning sirens were not authorized by the state. That's a bit strange. Uh, 38 minutes. They didn't want people to panic. 38 minutes and 13 seconds later, state officials blamed a miscommunication during a drill at the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency for the first message. Hmm. Sorry. My bad. Hope y'all didn't commit suicide or go shoot somebody or whatever. Hell yeah. I'm getting a divorce. Fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) Can't come back from that one. <laughs> Nothing like a little existential. Yeah. I've got to... something to tell you yeah. before we all die. <laughs> don't, don't we all need a li- just a little push? I wonder if mm. people got more um, more friendly after that event or right. uh, less so. Sorry, my bad. Just kidding. I, you know. Yeah, like you would never trust anybody around you again after that. Yeah. <laughs> tell me how you really feel. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody at once. Oh, yeah. Oof. That would be rough. Uh, yeah. I don't think people react like that, though. I, I think that's why – I think we think of it that way. But most of the time, it, it's all uh, fight or flight. It's very um, 
if you truly believe that there is going to be a threat to your life, people don't react necessarily in those kinds of ways. And we've seen that with the, uh, what was the airplane that uh, went down? Uh, 9-11. Oh, yeah, the one that didn't quite make the Pentagon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the third plane or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth, I forgot. Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they did, some people were freaking out. So I mean, it's it's all a variance, right? Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, we know. We've been in, yeah. in, in certain situations uh, that, you know, uh, cause people to act a certain way. And, and people are different, you know, people that you expect to. It's the whole, you know. I would do this or I would do that in a, in a fight. And it's like, fuck you. You're either fighting or you're not fighting. Like, don't tell me what you would do. Yeah, and, and apparently you're you're out to stab a motherfucker if you're fighting because, I mean, that's war. Yeah. W- words have ceased. Yeah. Okay. I'll remember that. Well, hey, look, man. Like, everybody <laughs> everybody wants to do Viking shit until it's time to do Viking I knew shit. You were, I knew you were going to say <laughs> meet, something. Meet like me that. out in the parking lot? Yeah. yeah. Meet me in the parking lot. <laughs> That poor no, old man. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think that there are a few times where it really should come to that. Like, I, I'm not an advocate for war, like actually going to war. Oh, but that's if, not how it sounded to but me. If, it sounded but if, like, I mean, but if you are going to do it, you need to do it. Balls deep in the military industrial complex. Fucking just go full on Sherman with it. Like, there's a reason why we talk about these things and, but and don't, how don't, they were so effective. Yeah. 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 But yeah. then again, there were also countermaneuvers I mean, that it, aren't talked about. So I think sure. I think that we build ourselves up to a certain point in in prestige level. We haven't been matched, and we're still not matched. No, I, that's what I'm saying. We haven't been matched. Oh, I thought you were about to say we haven't been matched until now. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're so far ahead it's in my easy, opinion. It's easy for like, um, let's say Andre the Giant, right? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so somebody wants to pick a fight with him at the bar. Hmm. Chances are Andre the Giant's going to win, okay? Well, he's dead now, so I mean. But, uh, right. But you, you, you get, <laughs> I get your you point. You get the idea. Yeah. So there might be some really strong dudes. There could be some MMA fighters. There could be people that are yeah. skilled and whatever, but right? If can, if but get he's Andre your... the fucking Giant. He's just going to grab you and break your skull. No skill required. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just crush your little brain. Yeah. I mean, you were talking, uh, uh, Mike, about total war. I mean, we were winning, as far as I understand, we were winning everything in Vietnam. We just wouldn't actually commit to get it over with. I don't. Did we ever actually lose a battle in Vietnam? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, that, we did. I don't. That's not what I've, I've read. It depends on how you want to categorize a loss, right? So I yeah, think there's been plenty of engagement that uh, resulted with a 55% casualty rate, which is basically a total loss. Yeah. Well, if you're uh, at 55% and the other is at 98% or whatever, is that still a loss? Uh, yes. Or even like from an objective standpoint, right? No, because well, strategic standpoint, yeah. yes, that's still a loss because that is uh, no longer effective unit. Right. Well, yeah, we'll pull it up. But I think there's like, oh, what was it? Door kicking? What was the acceptable loss? Seventy five percent. It's sixty, I think. Is it sixty now? It was seventy five when it, I was doing my stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. still it, like it's exorbitantly high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have two people left. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You're good to go. We won. <laughs> Ranger on. Yeah. But I mean, when you when you look at stuff like the uh, Drang Valley. In Vietnam, you know, some of the, the more, like, uh, high-profile battles, a uh, lot of Medal of Honors, you know what I mean, coming out of that stuff. 
looking looking at it from a, a strategic perspective, um, it just it's not it's not a win. I don't know. I like what significant ground did we make in these places? <clears throat> okay, the uh, this is again suspect because I don't know if these figures are correct at all. But uh, this is from HistoryNet. The official statistics yield a KIA ratio, killed in action ratio, of between 50 to 1 and 75 to 1 of North Vietnamese to U.S. military deaths. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, we're just wiping them out left and right. And what I had read some time ago was that guerrilla warfare is a different animal, though. It was simply U.S. resolve was not there to actually... Either go total war, like you're talking about, Mike. Yeah. But even just to continue as I, we were. I think we can argue that, though, like about Afghanistan, too, and in other conflicts. Like, yeah, resolve is a thing, but also you have to at some point reconcile this at, at the tactical level. Like, you know, they're, they're tunnel systems and digging ditches and the amount of resistance is not something okay. that, you know, you're I think I, I think we're attacking this the wrong way, right? So uh, the hearts and minds push, right? Mm-hmm. There was an idea that we were creating more enemies as we were engaging in a protracted war, right? And then we tried to find solutions for that problem, okay? But at the end of the day, if you don't occupy and control the land space, you're not going to win. And I think the problem with a lot of these battles that we've fought, you know, mm-hmm. over the last 60, 70 years, whatever, um, is that we're not going to go in and say, this is America now. Right. If we did, those kinds of protracted wars would stop because this is what would happen. Better quality of life. People right. will get comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then people over time start adopting, you know, those uh, consumerist ideals that right. America has, but at the same time, it's beneficial, right? It is. We don't have the will to do that. No. Uh, no. So we've, we've no, it's got never. We've all got it too easy. Well, yeah, and like, why are we gonna? So we weren't nation building in Iraq. We weren't nation building in Afghanistan. We were just keeping international um, lanes of travel and options open for ourselves. Yes. It was not building the nation. We were giving money to whoever we needed to to keep being there. Right. And I, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, and when you, when you look, so what was the life expectancy of an officer in Vietnam? Wasn't it something like crazy, like six seconds? Huh? Or six minutes? Like depending on, no. on the year or the time that they were no, there? No, 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 no. Um, yeah, so you're talking about new new lieutenants going. Um, yeah. Was, all right, so this is like infantry stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, they would they would definitely do that. But what they started doing is um, tossing around the uh, the radio packs because back then you had to be close to your RTO or whatever on yes. patrol and everything. Mm-hmm. So they would start uh, they would start switching around um, rank, uh, yeah, and everything. Having um, the RTO as the yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yep yep that makes sense. That's so, a sniper check. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this is. But I mean, uh, so knowing that information, like, how do you how do you sell that fucking war to anybody? How do you sell any war? Well, having a real like, that's what I mean. Like with it, Vietnam, it here's, was here's it was, how they it was existential. It's we're going there to fight communism. Well, why do you fuck cares about communism? Okay, we transferred, we pivoted from Afghanistan to Iraq at n- breakneck speed and yeah. WMDs, man. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> they weren't there. No, but even the term is so malleable mm-hmm. that we could just say, oh, we found them. Yeah. Or we did, you know, whatever. Right. Oh, it's mass. Well, mass means more than three, so therefore, you know, whatever. It, it, it was the same as the war on terrorism. Didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. There's no way you can really win it. They're just words. Yeah. They're ideas. You can't fight an idea. Like, yeah. we went to war with the Third Reich in Germany and yeah. J- in Japan in World War Two. Like, th- they yeah. were nations. They and were the Turkish, solid. by the way. Everybody and, forgets yeah. the Turks. The, o- the Ottoman Empire. Yeah, the Ottomans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're real, tangible things. You know what I mean? So a, f- a force, not not an idea, not a you know, not so, a way of thinking. So this is um, <clears throat> from Politifact, uh, which the, what happened after Obama made uh, a statement in 2011 uh, when he was given a, uh, a presentation to a 93rd Annual Conference of the American Legion. And he stated, this uh, President uh, Obama stated, you, our Vietnam veterans, did not always receive the respect that you deserved, which was a national shame. They were spit on when they came home, called baby killers. But let it be remembered that you won every major battle of that war, every single one. So, what if I state Keyword saying major. What? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, When we noticed Obama's claim, we were skeptical. And I agree. I think most people think that the U.S. was getting getting their ass handed to blown them. up left and right. Exactly. Yeah. All through. But that is not anything what I've read. And so they go into state. Was it really true that the United States, even as it lost the Vietnam War, actually won every major military battle? So they checked in with uh, uh, historians that specialize in the, in the period. And the question is, y'all were talking about what constitutes winning. Right. And... In general, this goes on to state that, uh, for example, you hear a lot about the Tet Offensives, and this came up. Mm-hmm. What the Tet Offensive, as far as I understand, was sort of the turning point for uh, support in the United States on going ahead with the war. It was a U.S. victory, uh, completely surprised, pushback, massive impact. But almost immediately, the U.S. came back and completely wiped out the force that had been sent sent against them and retook all of the territory. But the support back home from that was uh, not good. I was going to say, is that around like Jane Fonda time? Oh, yeah. Well, I think she was prior to that. But um you hear a lot of people, uh, a lot of military folks calling her like traitor, and you know what I mean. There's well, she was sitting there with the freaking NVA, like telling yeah. them to shoot U.S. pilots out of the sky. I mean, that's pretty daggone disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, you you can have different opinions, but going and aid and comfort no, to the a, enemy. She, she's a traitor. She's still a traitor. I, I don't know how that is not just abject treason. It yeah, aid and comfort to the enemy beyond yeah. aid and comfort. Yeah. I, Actively, and I still believe it to this day. I, and just because probably she was female, and probably because she was popular, a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think they want to bring her up on treason charges back then. That would have been a little too much. So the, the that hippie movement might have turned to something else. The uh, yeah. Oh, that's a whole. Yeah, that's a whole another another thing. The the article here basically, uh, you might say, the summation paragraph is. Uh, is at least from what I'm reading this, this is um, a quote from James 
C. Bradford. He was a uh, Texas A&M University historian, states, it was a tactical victory for the U.S. in the sense of casualties inflicted and a strategic victory in the military sense, but because it defeated the enemy's plan in the field. It goes on to say, but the North Vietnamese won a strategic political victory in the sense that the campaign eroded support for the war in the U.S. and contributed directly to President Lyndon B. Johnson's decision not to seek re-election. So yeah. this was the Tet Offensive. And this right. was the the uh, the support, the home support for the war. That's well, what changed. Moving, it. moving that forward to today, the um, the idea that uh, we have lost the war, or the soldiers should be proud about what they did with the great pullout, right? So, what did we win? Achieve? Gain? Didn't gain? Lose? What? I, th- I think. And I think the military learned a lot. Oh yes, the more you know, reading Rainbow. <laughs> Now it doesn't. Don't fight protracted wars in Afghanistan. Oh wait, I thought the Russians. Oh, the British. Oh, everybody. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I I thought you Should were we... saying we've got some guys that no, are and fairly I'm... well trained uh, I... with field experience. That's more or less what I'm getting at. Yeah, yes. we have done this the... every military generation. Yes, for God knows how long. Probably for that exact reason is because train like you fight. Yeah, right. <laughs> is not as good as doing it. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, and um, and I think there's probably some weird training manual somewhere at like the general level that would probably say, "Hey, we need to go to war with the country at least every X amount of years mm-hmm. to make sure that we have a sustainable fighting force." Uh, I'm not sure if that exists or not, but I'm probably right. I mean, peacetime army is not a thing. No, or it's peacetime not. Peacetime military, I should say. It hasn't been a thing since uh, uh, what the Civil War, early nineties. No, well, the, no, no even, the Civil War. If you look back in yeah, our, we our had Kosovo and Bosnia, no, way before that, we were still fighting well, in the Middle East like, back then. Yeah, but with like, our navies and shipping routes and everything else, I mean, but generally, there was a lot of stuff going on. Generally speaking, before like the the global war on terrorism as we recognize it, like you know, kicked off in in 2000, 2001, like before that you had smaller conflict. Yeah. You had desert storm and you had Kosovo, we had Bosnia. There was a couple, maybe a couple other things kicking off in the, like the late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, it was but largely like, peacetime. But AFRICOM still going on. So I, yeah. Like, well, yeah, we are all over the place yeah. doing stuff and it's not yeah. just us i mean no, everybody think, else is too yeah right. I, i'm not but i'm specific. france in particular i mean there's you know well the, i don't care about the french the french don't care about the french <laughs> yeah um but well they they have a significant presence in africa in particular they, they do the, the and french a lot do. of their yeah. old colonies that's where a yeah. lot of this right. you know the french, french foreign legion all that stuff you, yeah, when yeah you look yeah. at the sahel and the you know the, well the french were in vietnam correct me if i'm wrong before yeah. we even yeah. got there it's called french indochina that's there we go. how we ended up there well they're doing god's work against boko haram right now so i mean more power to them <laughs> yeah the french don't believe in god that, well, good. As long as they believe in killing Boko Haram, <laughs> they try to enact okay. a ten-day work week. Commie bastards! They try to enact like, a ten-day work week. Yeah, that doesn't sound French at all. Hold on, ten day. <laughs> what do you mean ten day? Ten day so out of seven? No. Oh, wow, that was that was hilarious. <laughs> no, instead of having seven days, yes. in a work week, uh-huh. they wanted to do ten days. They wanted to decimalize it. Yes, is what you're saying. Yes. Oh, okay. Wouldn't it- because because. Mm. The, the Sabbath is a religious connotation, and they wanted to get rid of that. That's so weird. 
You, you never is that heard recent? No, it's not recent. It's back when they were chopping people's heads off. Uh, well, really? yeah, but they get out of here. No, we're oh, we're talking well, they, about the they, revolution. They took get over uh, Notre Dame and turned it into basically yes. the Church of Reason yes, or whatever. They, it was. Yes, they the, did the Church of Reason. Now I, let's go kill everybody. I think it's. I think it's <laughs> seems reasonable to me because you uh, heathen believers wait, just weren't getting the job. Wait, done. the less mouths there are to feed, the more we'll have for ourselves. Oh, Quick, gosh. everybody, race to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what was it Ro- Ro- Let them eat Robichaux him. or what? how do you say the guy's name? Robespierre. Robespierre. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, um, and then he got his head cut off too, right? Sure did. Sure did. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> how it works, man. There's a guillotine for everybody. How it works. Uh, Anybody who thinks these things are good ideas, no. History, a, history has repeated itself a, a enough times for us to know. Gentler, yeah. or at least rhymed, execution right? yeah. method. I, you know, well. I, all of these countries, ourselves included, are not fighting total war. So we've no. got massive weapons, like back in World it's, War our, II. Our, we started with them, you know. I mean, these are world killers. Our military actions now are, it's nation building or an attempt at it, right? It's not nation it's building. post-colonial. No. Na- well, in theory, it's nation building, right? Sure. It is. Because, you know. No, we, we because start- we would actually have nations that we've built. <sighs> well, that's why I said it's theory. Nobody it wants may just be a hypothesis. to build their nation for them. That's a, I mean, that's a thing. Well, we, okay, hold on, so we did it in Japan. Yeah, we did uh, very successfully because we nuked the shit out of them and then we occupied them Too and loud. forbade them. Too loud. Okay, so hold on, if we <laughs> forbade them from having a military for what 50, 50 years. They're, no, I, they still can't have one. They, they can still have a defense have force. Well, they sort of, yeah, they're they're getting around that because definitely, you know, China. Yeah, uh, we looked into this. Actually, you and me talked about this. The definition is immediate threat to the homeland. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Now, yeah, we, we talked yeah, about this, yeah, right. I don't know how long ago, but uh, immediate threat to the homeland, they're using that to build up their army right now in conjunction with Australia and a few other um, places in that region mm-hmm. to uh, – uh, Basically, bolster themselves against what China wants to be doing. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, well, they've got what appears to be an aircraft carrier, though they term it it's not an aircraft carrier. It's, I don't know what it, they call it—a a large ship where things can land and take off. It's, but it's not it's an a, aircraft carrier; it's a floating runway. <laughs> <laughs> something, something like that. Yeah. So obviously, that's an existential threat for them and maybe everybody. But China has never had uh, a, a yield set up where they have been focused at, um, uh, you know, complete mutual shore destruction level stuff. They kept enough, like, if you're going to mess with us, then you're going to pay a price. But from a total war standpoint, look who really, you might say, lost uh, World War II. It was Great Britain. Yeah. Completely wiped them out. And you know who won? Germany and Japan. Because look at Germany and Japan today. Mm Mm-hmm. And look at Great Britain. When every were, single they bit were occupied, like the you know the U.S. and Russia occupying Germany, and then the U.S. occupation of Japan. So that's I not mean, nation building. We want it, but they really, as far as uh, we want it, because we got you might say drug into it. They were belligerent for other sort of issues, right. longstanding and such. Yeah. Great Britain lost the entirety of its empire, and a few yes. years later, by what the early seventies. Uh, was near collapse. Mm-hmm. So uh, that if they went to total war, I didn't want to go to total war. Germany went to total war, got completely wiped out. You know, so I sometimes the if you're going to do it, then do it. Would it have been better for Great Britain to have a rear guard action? I mean, if yeah, they, yeah. I would say the empire would still be around. 
And from our standpoint, uh, I have read – I was very surprised when I first read this, but uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. Should we have simply um, uh, stayed out of the war? And h- how about um, – I mean, we didn't have much of an option. We tried to. We were, we were out of the war until – the last second, they but is a rear up the what Lusitania? Uh, what, even that? then, no yeah. World War Two. Even then, so we were giving goods to both sides. Yes, to Britain, Germany. They, yeah, well, the German. We were making money. German U-boats were 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 taking down our merch ships. It wasn't until Pearl Harbor that we got involved from a strategic standpoint, and that was only. We, well, Wait. let's say we could we could have fought the war in the Pacific. Wait, and is that is that your actual understanding of this? We were already at war when we had not declared war at that time on we, Japan. No, we hadn't even declared war on Germany at that point. I don't. Oh, think. we were actively fighting. But yeah, well, the, we were supplying the all Luc- sorts the of Lusitania. We were, no, we were supplying. Yes, that mm-hmm. was my understanding. Mm-hmm. I knew that we were. And it was we the whole lend lease. We were lend leasing to uh, the Soviets. But from yeah. a strategic standpoint, if if we had supported more of a rear guard action and, and allowed Germany uh, and Soviet Union to just destroy each other, then come in later and wipe out the commies. Yeah. I mean, they would have bled them. The, it, World War II the, in Europe, the Western Front was uh, a, a small backwater joke compared to what was going on with the Soviets and the Germans. Right. I mean, what was it, like a 20 to 1 ratio of the forces uh, that were working everything out with uh, major tank battles and sieges and everything think, for the I, Soviets I and the Russia, Germans? I don't have the exact numbers, but like Russia lost more people during World War II than I think like a bunch of other actors combined. Oh, they lost millions and yes, millions yes, yes, and millions yes, yes. of people. Well, just from starvation alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the losses um, were, yeah. I, I, They're uh, staggering. Like when you look at the, you know, the Battle of Stalingrad and all that, where they, they give one guy a rifle. 27 million people. 27 million. During World War II. That's, that's insane. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they were so low in, uh, in uh, materiel at one point, my understanding is that they would simply send in, you know, like cannon fire. They would send troops in with maybe just, I don't know, knives because they knew others were going to get uh, shot. And then you were supposed to pick up their rifle and just yeah. keep on keeping on. You get the bullets, he gets the rifle. <laughs> when he falls, pick his shit up and go. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So officially, yes. But we were already at war. Yes, the air quotes that nobody can see. Yes. Uh, officially, we entered after Pearl Harbor, but... Right. We that were is when Congress or, declared war. We were already killing Axis members yeah. before then. Yeah. I guess that's the best way I can put it. So if you don't right. want to call that war, fine. Eh, I don't know. Well, but... <laughs> it's it, it such a weird thing to talk about, like, for today's standard, right? Because I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but um, we actually haven't been at war Oh, no. Over the last 20 years. Oh, these are peacekeeping operations. And that should scare the fuck out of people. If we call this peacekeeping operations. Yeah. Yeah. Congress never declared war for Iraq, Afghanistan. I thought they did give approval for certain um, authorities to be given to the president. Maybe. And I don't think that has been rescinded yet. So, like, with the drone strikes with Obama, right? Um, 
the Congress approved that his capability to do that. But before then, the president never had any direct control over it. So, in World War II, Belarus, if the listening public does not know where Belarus is, Belarus is basically sort of between the uh, main part of Russia uh, or the more urban uh, it's a, side it's and a Germany. State, right? It's basically yeah. right in between Germany and Russia. Okay. So, of the fraction of their populace in World War II, roughly one in four or more died. Yeah. Because they were right there where they were just punch it like rock'em sock'em robots between uh, <laughs> yeah between, <laughs> between Russia and Germany. And Germany. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, Poland as well lost almost yeah. 20%. Uh, Germany would send um, dissidents to the front with Russia. Yeah. With nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just expected they would die eventually. And same with the Russians. They were just pushing people towards the front. I mean, it, anything that we were involved in paled in comparison um, and scale to what was happening oh, on, yeah. on the northern front, I guess you could say. So, I still think it's interesting that, you know, Hitler still fell for the, you know, that blunder going after Russia in the winter. That's a, like that's Napoleon a false. That's, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, Napoleon marched in and they burned down the capital and left. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all Russia, they, Russia's a big place. You can yeah. just keep moving back. <laughs> yeah. So when <laughs> they knew, I, I get that. I he, get that. He did conquer, right? The problem was he yeah. knew that the main forces just were out of of his reach. Yeah. And how yeah. are you going to hold that? Actually? Exactly. Well, it's, it's, even it's exactly. if he had, well, yeah. his his entire yeah. uh, military strategy was, uh, you know, basically like flanking like Alexander the Great. He would outmaneuver the force, mm-hmm. surround them, and then and, beat and them in from all yeah. sides. Yeah. He wasn't able to do that with Russia. He knew that. And then he's like, well, shit, we got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Oops. So it wasn't, it wasn't the, the winter or anything like that. Um, it was basically the Russians and other forces that outmaneuvered him and started taking out his supply lines. Yeah. So he did burn down, you know, I think what, what St. Petersburg or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Russia or Germany beat the shit out of like Stalingrad and you know what I mean? Yeah, they did. But here's the thing. It's a lot of them when you're doing died on the way back. It wasn't necessarily yeah. even, you know, but when, you, when you're doing man for man, rifle for rifle type stuff, uh, Russia and China has such a, a crazy advantage uh, compared to anybody else. And we just don't fight wars like that anymore. Right. You know, so a lot of the arguments with like, oh, you know, China just got too many people. It doesn't even matter anymore. Russia, same thing. Doesn't even matter anymore. If you can reach out and touch somebody, yeah. it changes the game. Exactly. Yeah. So, still, uh, now this is just a, a graph of business insider, so I don't know who how actually accurate this is, but I've heard this before, that we still had more die in the United States, or uh, the American Civil War, however you want to put it, yeah. than any of the other wars. More than World War II. So it was mm-hmm. from a total war standpoint, uh, that was over a million people died. And that was just us internally going rock'em sock'em robot between the states. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of other things to take into consideration, though, too, because, like, uh, 
gangrene, amputations, a lot of... Uh, yeah, they just you know show a mean? breakout of non-combat deaths and such. And, right, and, right. Yeah, the disease. There's an exorbitant amount of non-combat deaths in... in yeah, in but again, war. we're talking about classifications and history, right? So yeah. what is a casualty? Hmm. Right. Yeah. And it sounds like a weird way of approaching that, but... It, <laughs> How we, fucked up are you? Yeah, and, how, you know, did you get, a, like, a random piece of shrapnel in your foot and now you're dying from... God knows what kind of infection. Right. Um, okay, you're a casualty because it was a direct correlation to an attack of some kind. Right. Or, you know, you're sick. Is that a casualty? Maybe, yeah. indirectly. I don't right. know. Um, and I think over time, we've learned how to categorize things to make things look prettier. <laughs> this looks if better you, on if, paper. I yeah. agree with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's, no, it's no longer shell shock. Right. We have a right. kinder, gentler phrase for. We have an acronym things. for it now, like we have an acronym for everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, in that in particular, it's because it because you don't necessarily need to get shot at to have a, a, a no a whole traumatic, traumatic a whole plethora of um, completely a horrible horrible things could happen to you <laughs> to get uh, shell shock. <laughs> yeah, um, doesn't have to be war necessarily. Uh, Although yeah. it's typically things that might happen in war. <laughs> yeah, like all the things. All the things. <laughs> the rape, the murder. Yeah, the, yeah the, all the that death, stuff. The trauma. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just natural human reaction. <laughs> I, I, You do it long enough, eventually, yeah. you know. People are disgusting. Yeah. 70 million people, roughly. This is from uh, Harvard, uh, the Davis Center at Harvard University. I might trust that. Uh, indicates... The total deaths attributable to the war exceeded 70 million. That's fair. More than in all civil war? other wars in history combined. No, 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 no. This is uh, World War II, 39 to okay. 45, okay. 70, okay. 70, million, yeah. 70 yeah, million total. The total death count from all fa- uh, all factions involved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's pretty... Russia's probably making up like... Half of that, yeah. Anyways, yeah. But World War One, uh, from a total war standpoint, that was a, uh, a stalemate. Total war. What was it? The Somme, where like twenty thousand people died in one day, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, some outrageous, and the the world's biggest non nuclear explosion. Wasn't that the Battle of the Somme? Yeah. They like uh, hid a bunch oh, of no. explosives or something, and then just lit the fuse. And I, I think it was like five thousand. German troops just blew up at once. I mean, there's some crazy level. World War One is fascinating to me. Uh, how they survived in the trenches and the the gadgets that they came up with, yeah, <laughs> to, to get through. Oh my gosh! I, I gotta, yeah, I gotta tell you, that's um, that was a confluence of modern uh, machinery and advancement. With old school tactics, yeah, cavalry charge, and you got yes. machine guns and yes. old man playing yes. that whole thing over yes. the top. Which was, uh, as my understanding, it's sort of the genesis. Y'all don't probably you're probably not familiar with this, but it, uh, it was you had what were called Pollock jokes, and it was just a joke about how stupid somebody was. And it was, I mean, for years it was jokes about the the poles and the Pollocks. And the genesis of this, as I understood it, because when Germany invaded. Uh, they were using everything they had, including horse cavalry, mm-hmm. to fight back. 
So they were like a bunch of idiots. You're out there on horses fighting tanks. Well, they were doing everything they could to fight off the freaking Germans and actually apparently doing a damn fine job of it with the stuff they had. So from that, it that turned into Pollock jokes for years and years and years when, huh. because Germany came in and, you know, destroyed the country and killing almost 20% of the populace. I mean, that's a Yeah, well, sad if they joke. won, then it, it would have been a very chivalrous act. But since they right. lost, they're right. idiots. Yeah. That's just kind of how the world works. Yeah. Um, they had a really great uh, – uh, they had really good guerrilla tactics like that. You know, you hear the, the Polish snipers and some of the resistance. You know, I, I don't think um, we give ourselves enough credit for that exact same capability. Uh, so the American population with the Indians yeah. uh, basically started guerrilla warfare. Right. Yeah. And then from that, people learned that a small – relatively insignificant group of people can go against the world power yeah it's all, um, it's with Great about, Britain. It's all about maneuver. Like, yeah. if you can maneuver and you can reach out and you can touch somebody... Well, that's why can, we have the Apache helicopter. That's, that's why right. we named things Comanche. Yeah. Oh, that's up, yeah, 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 yeah. We, they kicked our butts for so long with so much overwhelming force but against them. We learned and adapted <laughs> their yeah. tactics. Um and, and plus, at the same time, at that point, everybody was kind of getting inter- inter- intermingled anyways mm-hmm. with the noble tribes and, you know, whatever, east of the Mississippi and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I mean, we started those tactics. Okay. Europe the- Europe took a long time to figure it out. Yeah. This is the uh, largest non-nuclear explosion, war, wartime explosion, et cetera, et cetera. This was uh, Hawthorne Ridge. Uh, how do I say this? Redoubt? Reduped? Uh, read out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this was a big, in essence, mine. And they went in and uh, crawled up under, you know, they had all these uh, uh, trenches and everything else, but they, they dug up underneath the Germans and blew them up big time. <laughs> How do you hide that? <laughs> Just You'd think that like... A, I apologize for making light of this, but all I can imagine is the adventures of Lemmingwinks. <laughs> I don't know why that's that's where my mind went. That's where I'm at today. Crawled uh, right up their ass and blew them up. Hell yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> what about social media, man? <laughs> <laughs> fucking fail. I'm keeping it. I got the, I'm keeping it. No. <laughs> I've got the pork crackling, man. I this is the best outro ever. Yes. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> like choke away. Uh, From Tom's pork filled uh, lips to your ears. Well, you know. Uh, I think uh, our recent discussion about uh, uh, different in- individuals within our little group here taking on different platforms is a, a positive step. So that uh, when we're talking on the on the minds and the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Rumblers, and wait, wait, the, what'd you say there? Do you say Facebook? The Facebooks. Oh, we're on Facebook. Oh, are little we? Mike, tell us about <laughs> that. All fucking eyes on me now, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I make a conscious decision to try to stay off social media, so I'm going to do a little more with it. Uh, that and IG, uh, we're kind of 
<laughs> Bring it in. Bring it in. Give me the hate. <laughs> so two things. Fuck social media. Um, the other thing. Yeah, I need to do it to kind of get the word out a little more. So I will. Uh, yeah, well, you're I taking work the, harder uh, at that. The kinder, gentler platforms is what I'm. Uh, There's nothing kinder, gentle about Facebook. <laughs> it's a fucking black hole of misery. It's meta, man. It's meta. Oh yeah, that's right. And I'm so it's Facebook oh. by meta, correct? Yes. Is that what it is? Oh yeah, yeah. It did yeah. pop up like that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to be the corporate shill as I always am. Mm-hmm. But you can always listen to our episodes for free on any of the platforms you choose. But if you would like to donate, go to patreon.com forward slash three equals five and donate a buck or more. That's it. Have give a good us, week, guys. Give Love us it. that money. Yeah. How many fingers am I holding up? Three equals five. Three equals five. Three equals five.